0: Back to another edition of the Camber Books podcast. This is Pete Van Epps, and on this episode of the podcast, I interview Hunter Barnes. Hunter is a former Navy submarine officer, so he's been trained in nuclear power, and he was a submariner in the Navy. He did uh, he was on a sub for a handful of years, and then he spent some time as a uh, as an admiral's aide, and then finally finished up as a uh, task force detachment commander in Bahrain. So he's got some interesting experience here. And so when when uh, Hunter transitioned, he went to a company called AT Kearney and they've recently rebranded. And so now their their brand or their name is Kearney. And so basically he went into a consulting role with Carney, and he's still doing that um, today. And so basically what we do is we get into a, a few different things. First off, he explains this company a little bit more to me in terms of who they are and what they do, and really where that drives us to is talking about his first job at Carney. When he was first in the role, he was heavily into analytics, and so we started talking about. Um, he, he used the phrase like Excel ninja and uh, uh, um, the toolkit of a of a, a consultant in terms of Excel and SQL and Tableau and R. So really going. Relatively deep on analytics, and I think it's an important thing to appreciate uh, in consulting how how analytical someone would need to be to get into that type of work and 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 uh, Hunter does a very nice job of breaking that down for us. Um, another thing we talked about is you know what's made him successful in terms of being able to use skills and abilities and also to grow and some of the things he does to continue to learn and grow in order to be successful at Carney and then the last thing we get into Carney gave him an interesting opportunity, even though he has an undergraduate degree in industrial systems engineering from the University of San Diego and a master's degree of of engineering management from Duke um, Carney afforded him the opportunity to go to Oxford for a one year program to earn his MBA. while he was still gainfully employed at, at Kearney, they sent him off for a year to get his MBA, which is a little unusual. Most programs, most companies uh, aren't set up to do that, but in this case, he had the opportunity to do So he tells us a little bit about his experience at Oxford and, uh, and what he learned and how, how he's been able to apply it. So he's an interesting guy with some great experiences, and I think you'll like to hear his experiences. And so um, before we start the, the episode with Hunter, course, if you want to know more about Cameron Brooks, who we are, what we do, a couple of different places to find us, But probably the best place to start is to go to our website, cameron Lots of uh, content that you can use to learn more about who we are, what we do. Of course, pick up a copy of PCS to Corporate America, written by Roger Cameron, now in its fourth edition, co-authored by Joel Junker and Chuck Alvarez. Uh, two of the primary leaders here in our organization. Of course, every penny that we make on the sale of PCS, we donate to the Nimitz Foundation, which is a 501c3 located in Fredericksburg, Texas. So uh yeah, to learn more about us, go check us out on our on our website. Uh okay, without further ado, here's my conversation with Hunter. Okay, Hunter Barnes, thank you so much for uh you're out in Seattle today, so the earlier morning phone call for you. I definitely appreciate you being on the call today. Yeah, sure thing. Okay, so let's kick it off. Let's let's start and tell everyone a little bit about your military background. Prior to making the transition, what did you do?
1: Okay, uh, before the transition, I was a submarine officer, so... I was uh, originally based on a ballistic missile submarine out in the Seattle area, coincidentally, and uh, spent three years out there, then transitioned into a much, much more uh, uh, role that was much more directly related to senior leadership. So I was the Mm -hmm. Admiral's aide to the submarine force commander out in Japan and, uh, that in turn led to a, uh, uh, uh another follow on shore tour in Bahrain as the undersea, uh, warfare operations officer for fifth fleet. And that became kind of my launching point into corporate America. So I partnered with Cameron Brooks in that very last year out there in Bahrain and had Basically, all of my practice interviews and preparation and things like that uh, in Bahrain, uh, working with Cameron Brooks. So that basically within one week of separating from the Navy, I was at a career conference that uh, the team had planned out for me basically almost half a year earlier.
0: Mm hmm you know, it's, it's interesting. Obviously, most of the people with whom we partner transition from the States, but there are people in Asia and the Pacific and Bahrain and Europe who have to deal with, you know, making the transition from abroad. And a lot of people, I literally just earlier this morning finished a webcast for folks out in Asia and trying to explain it's doable. Most people think, well, let me PCS back to the States and then, And then figure out how i'm going to transition but there is a pathway here and uh and can you just touch on that for just a moment though like when you were in bahrain yeah you know obviously obviously we were working together but but you know you're you know 12 hours away or something along those lines how was that how did you feel and how did you ultimately cope with that
1: there there is unless unless you're working on maybe an aircraft carrier or a, or a submarine for that matter, there is no difference in uh, the transition activities and what you're doing. I guess the only difference is time zones. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I mean, ultimately, uh, the challenge was to me to, uh, you know, craft my resume and continue iterating on it and basically, evolve it into something that could be digested by non-military organizations. The challenge to me was to go back and kind of continue iterating and developing myself and interviewing, and that is just kind of a time zone piece, Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: uh, we did a lot of practice interviews, and then I also basically, I think I talked to maybe 10 military officers during that year who had transitioned through Cameron Brooks, so... I think I can't really see how that would have been different if I was, you know, in North Dakota, Texas, Mm -hmm. or Hawaii. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, uh, uh, anybody who's thinking that they need to take a couple months back in the States uh, uh, prior to engaging in the process, well, you're kind of going to be interviewing everywhere anyway so mm-hmm. uh I, I can see why if you need to get grounded for certain reasons like for family and things like that then that's important but otherwise uh i can't see really any big difference uh coming from abroad and the navy basically and drove to a cameron brooks uh conference in north carolina um Uh, immediately after. Like my first day on terminal leave was the day in which I interviewed with the employer that I've been with for the last five years. So pretty pretty efficient handoff. Yeah.
0: Well, and the difference is, you know, the big difference for for those who are listening abroad is we actually do go to Europe. I'll be in Frankfurt and Hamburg, Germany next month. But, you know, we don't go to Japan. We don't go to Bahrain. We don't go to Korea and so there's an issue there where you're not really coming to any interview skills prep workshops and things like like that but like you said it's it's overcomable it's not you know there's a there's a pathway i think the big difference is most people in the states will come to the conference two months before they start terminal leave and they'll really do the follow-up interview process while they're still on active duty prior to terminal leave whereas bahrain japan korea Uh, Europe you know those places typically like you did start terminal leave right during or right um, Right before or right when the conference first starts. So those are the two main differences
1: Yeah, okay timing
0: that conference Mm.
1: is is key. It's critical. It's important and Mm -hmm. uh, It it Mm -hmm. has to be the right time for the person uh, for the person who's doing it. So for me, I was able to largely control my destiny um and it's it's not always the case with other folks
0: okay so you came to the conference you ultimately did three follow-up interviews so you got on a plane three different times and ultimately from those received offers for from everyone and accepted at carney first off who who is at carney let's start there and then and then secondly maybe you can run these together why did you ultimately select that company? Yeah. Um,
1: so on Carney. So uh, quick update: uh, we've just rebranded as a firm, so now we're just Carney. We've dropped just the uh, A okay. and the C. Sorry. Gotcha. Uh, Sorry
0: about and, that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: and then for uh, for within so 18, so Carney is a management consultant uh, firm, global firm. Uh, I think we have offices in, uh, 61 countries and, uh, they, uh, they, for anybody who's unfamiliar with management consulting, it is very much kind of hiring talented, intellectual individuals to come into your business and to solve the problems that you do not have the capacity to solve on your own. Um Where I work in aerospace and defense, a lot of that has to do with uh, very, very detailed analytics into how much things cost and turning the results of all that into a negotiating strategy in order to make them cost less. Where it works kind of in the private sector is kind of similar challenges where you go to a client, talk to them, ask them what is keeping them up at night and that leads you on a path where you discover problems kind of underlying issues and that leads you to one thing that they need to solve that's going to turn their business around and that's kind of the high in the sky example but that's management consulting mm-hmm. and so that's what we do at uh carney and uh like i said we've rebranded recently um in in terms of our culture um we are the leaders in gender parity, 50-50 gender parity, um, and uh, diversity and uh, kind of we go for uh, kind of, we, we recruit aggressively from the top schools and try to basically cultivate this talent and this perspective, this outsider perspective that can help us uh, with our clients. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a very young person's game like in general uh just with my military background and experience i tend to be kind of median to the older age in every team that i'm with uh and uh and so it's it's very different than working in a military environment or it's very similar to working in a military environment in that respect but it's very different from working in most traditional industrial environments where uh where you kind of have a uh, tenured experienced like older older guard everybody is very young they're very smart and uh, they think about things very differently and so uh, it, it's a it's a good challenge um, in ter- in terms of the other uh, companies that I interviewed with there was a pretty good mix um, I think I went into the career conference um, kind of asking to be set up uh, geographically and in terms of profession, with a mix across the board. And I think I got something like 25% uh, manufacturing or what Cameron Brooks calls team leadership roles, um, and uh, 25% kind of financial services, investment banking, 25% uh, consultant uh, type roles, and then the last bit was uh, uh, engineering management leadership type roles and so that's uh that's a pretty broad range um mm-hmm. and uh and it it was great uh the entire process was great and i think i landed on at carney uh or carney <laughs> i'm still working on uh right. the rebranding <laughs> I, uh um i think i landed on carney in part because of the uh, community that i that I kind of felt with them uh they have a very they had a very small d c office when I joined, and there were something like only a handful of partners uh that were working there, and I interviewed with every single one of them and it was very clear that they're trying to build a community uh out there, and they're very concerned about ensuring that the people that they take in, you know, wanted to be grounded and were there for the long term. And that just felt very different from a lot of financial service or investment banking type operations where um, uh, where you you may just be inducted and then kind of put to the test. And there's an expectation that there's some attrition along the way. I think it felt very different for uh, AT Kearney, and it was very clear that uh, uh, from day one that uh, they're trying to bring you in and uh, make you part of a team, part of a community. Um, so so that's, that's probably why I ended up there. And I actually, one of the first things that I told uh, Joel Junker was uh, no East Coast companies and and uh and that I didn't want to end up on the East coast, and that part of that was because I'd never lived on the east coast, and I had spent my entire you know college and military career on the West coast and didn't understand why anybody would ever live on the east coast and uh and so you know I followed the process, embraced it wholeheartedly, and I ended up uh moving to d c and the place has grown on me, and honestly uh Honestly, like, it's probably one of the best decisions that I could have made. Um, and so, and and in terms of consulting, there's a, there's a lot of travel involved, but uh, being in DC and kind of living out there the last five years has been great.
0: So good. I mean, there's so much I could, I want to ask you about based on what you said. Let me just pull on a couple of those threads though. I think the first thing I want to say or ask you about is you know all the way back to you said companies are hiring talented intellectual business professionals to solve problems and um you know to ultimately create solutions that that help them be more effective in growing their business and you you said analytics or maybe you said analysis tell tell me can you tell me more about that i think sometimes it's lost most people think when i talk when i talk to a military officer and and I say, Hey, what do you what are you generally interested in? We kind of start there on a broad range and they say, Oh, I really want consulting. And I say, Well, okay, tell me more. Tell me what you think about that, or what do you know about that? I think the preponderance of people think that, you know, consulting is me coming into a business and looking at their processes and offering different processes. And I don't mean to dumb it all the way down to that, but that's generally what I hear. Whereas, yes, I mean, I guess on the most broad spectrum level you could think of, maybe that that would be accurate, but it's so much more intricate, detailed, and analytical than that. So can you tell me more about, you know, maybe an example or just kind of the the types of analytics that you get into and really what's required intellectually for someone to be successful at that type of work? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's... uh very important question um so doing analysis analytics is at the core of management consulting so much so that it's the challenge that shows up in the very first interview so cameron brooks uh day one interview in north carolina uh i met the uh partner, actually, that I'm currently working with. And at that time, he was not a partner, but he gave me my first case interview. Um, And uh, a case interview is a uh, challenge in the form of an analytical question about a business operation. And, uh, And you basically have to work your way through a math problem, and you learn a little bit more about the business and the math that you do leads you to some key issues Uh, and then you talk about how if you change the variables change the constraints what might happen and then that leads you to coming up with some recommendations so the case interview in that sense is a microcosm for the actual work itself and the work itself is is all basically uh, in order to actually identify or diagnose a client's problems, they don't simply just tell you, this is the problem, fix it. In in general, you have to ask for massive amounts of data and work through them. Uh, for example, I think last year, throughout most of last year, I was uh, working on reducing the cost of engine sustainment on the largest uh, aircraft operator in the country. And so in order to do that, I looked at every single engine, but also every single part within every single engine in their entire fleet, and how often it was being replaced, why it was being replaced, and how much it costs to replace each part each time. So for each engine, that's about 5,000 parts. And for a fleet uh, that's Kind of well over a thousand engines uh, it becomes pretty a pretty detailed analytical challenge in order to parse through that information identify trends and then take those trends and then identify what they can do in order to uh, fix those trends and so the actual tools that you use for that um, one of them is microsoft excel but then there's some others tableau sql VBA, Um, and so those are all kind of in the consultants toolkit and no consultant is created the same there's different folks that have invested a lot of their personal time and energy into developing themselves into an analytical warrior uh, uh, so to speak and then other ones Mm -hmm. who focus on other skill sets and things like that and so that's kind of a little background into that. Now, where that mm-hmm. came, uh, where, where that became important in my transition is that uh, I joined Carney as a senior business analyst. So uh, in general, uh, the business analysts and the senior business analysts are the ones who are responsible for all of the analysis. And uh, and so I joined side by side with uh Excel ninjas so to speak and people who have who had done kind of internships or maybe a little bit of career experience where they knew all the best practices uh and they'd worked for financial service firms they'd worked on Wall Street and uh and so there's a there's a great amount of training that the company gives but even with that training I still tried to discipline myself to try to learn something new every single day in order to make myself sharper and better and uh, and to that to that effect there's a lot of great YouTube videos and uh, tutorials and things like that and that is where uh, analysis really comes in and it becomes almost kind of an ethos uh, that became kind of almost an ethos for me in terms of identifying ways kind of every single week in order to take recurring tasks or recurring Kind of analysis um, activities and reducing the time for them automating them finding ways to do that and that uh, that entire practice definitely streamlined my way through business school and it also has kind of made my personal life uh, a lot more efficient as well
0: yes yes Um, so is it possible for someone who doesn't have the intellectual and analytical chops, if you will, to be successful in this type of work, is it possible is so like, you know, binary, right? But uh, hopefully you get the heart of what I'm trying to ask. I mean, is that a must? Do you need to be not an Excel ninja or an analytical warrior, but but someone who really has the capacity to interact on an on a on an at mathematical and intellectual level to be successful at management consulting um i
1: mean people come in all types and mm-hmm. the in terms of the analytics that will if if you are a rock star in the analysis but you're unable to communicate or mm-hmm. you always communicate at too detailed of a level then mm-hmm. You'll only be able to sustain yourself through the analyst through the analyst role,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and so so if I was kind of going to equate these, uh, that's maybe like through the lieutenant, first lieutenant or lieutenant junior grade role. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll never you'll never be a captain or a you know full lieutenant, uh, and so everybody has rounded in in some way, and a big part of consulting is quickly reaching for the next rung and being the person who uh, communicates with the client every day and guides them along the way and helps them through challenging uh, problems. So if you, if you come in and you don't have that, that, maybe that background or that capacity, then you're gonna have to close some gaps. And I had to close some gaps and but it it quickly becomes uh at least for a lot of the veterans that i've known it becomes way more about uh their ability to evolve themselves into a client-facing uh mm-hmm. leader Um and quickly quickly you'll have analysts who are working with you and they're trying to prop you up and make sure that the engagement goes well and they'll do the analysis and a lot of a lot of times we just don't have data uh from the client or from the client's counterparts, suppliers, things like that. And in that case we do research. And so it's it's a very broad multi spectrum uh challenge. And uh and it doesn't doesn't just boil down to just that analysis piece uh that I described earlier.
0: Yeah, 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 it makes sense. Um, that's really helpful I, I i It's helpful to me for sure, but I think it'll it'll be helpful to people who who want some more insight into this specific i mean you know when we classify consulting we it's just a subcategory of our classification of quote business analysis and it's obviously based on what you've said that's extremely appropriate but um but I think it'll help people to get a little bit of an insight but let me ask you a couple more questions as it relates to the nature of your work. First off, what what do you think is the best thing about your job today, right now? Um, I think that it
1: is uh, it's a good job in the sense that it is preparing me for challenges that I know that I'm going to have in the future. Um, so every engagement that I'm not on is different, and some of them the most recent one that i was on uh spent all of uh december and january in hawaii so rough life uh yeah. but uh <laughs> but a lot of it was change management and transformational and going into an environment where uh uh things or not done in the most efficient way and in general people did not want consultants to be there Mm -hmm. and uh and kind of figuring out working with them to understand their challenges understand their perspectives about the business operations that they worked in and to work with them hand in hand uh, in order to actually turn things around in order to show them that they could turn things around and enable their success and show them basically how much they could do on their own and then how much further they could go. And uh, that required none of the analysis that I described earlier. It was basically all right. kind of unlocking potential in a sustained mm-hmm. way. And so so I think that is what. I like about this job is that uh it's very challenging in the sense that uh you're you're not going to be doing a recurring activity in a way that is gonna lead you to become kind of an expert at it, but rather you're kind of going from challenge to challenge and uh, uh and kind of you learn as much as the client learns from you, I find often along the way. And so in, in many ways, this is kind of an extension of the military experience or an extension of graduate level education in the sense that everything uh, that I'm I'm doing, I, I continue learning from and I continue building off of. And uh, where that leads me in the future is if I ever kind of decide to transition to the next role or more kind of stable role um, uh, with just one company is I have this entire toolkit of experiences, kind of like what you get from the uh, junior military officer experience that apply to Mm -hmm. different situations. Organizational transformation, uh, cost reduction, negotiation strategy, uh, that all kind of comes with it and it all kind of builds uh, from from my experience there and uh, uh, here with Carney and so, in that sense, I think that is the greatest benefit that uh, being a part of this uh, company has brought me. So
0: good. Um, let's talk a little bit about your MBA because before you got out of the military, you you um, you double majored from the University of San Diego, industrial systems engineering and history, but then you got your Master's of Engineering Management from Duke, which is a, which is a technical but business-oriented degree. Um, why did you ultimately get your MBA? Why did you get it from where you got it from? And t- tell us a little bit about that journey, because I think that is a question that I get all the time, is should I get an MBA before I come to business? Should I get an MBA in the military? Should I get an MBA while I'm working in corporate America? Tell me about your journey here. Um,
1: Yeah, sure. So um, everybody's experience is uh, is unique. And I definitely, when I was in Bahrain in that last year in the military and I partnered with Cameron Brooks, I went through kind of the thought experiment of what would it be like if I got my MBA then and also i looked into law school and i kind of mapped it out found out who i was going to get my recommendations from and all that sort of stuff and i ultimately decided that i wanted to just go directly into corporate america um in part because uh, i knew that i had a uh, great experience that could enable me to get good interviews and i had the support of you know a great recruiter Cameron Brooks um so 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 i went straight in and uh what i found was uh was that the best way to uh approach problems in uh in the consulting environment um Often resulted in me doing a lot of research in the, in the evenings and kind of in the weekends into doing, uh, into understanding different things that I would have learned in business school. Um, for example, uh, as I was developing the, uh, negotiation strategy for a, uh, uh, cost reduction on a major, major, uh, aircraft sustainment Contract one of the things that we were looking at was what is the impact of prepaying a company? All of the money up front how can we measure that and so? For people who have gone through business school basically understand the time value of money Every business has its own kind of weighted average cost of capital or its own kind of interest rate and so I had (laughs) so I had to basically kind of figure out how do I value this prepayment. And uh, without having gone to business school and learning all those things, uh, it kind of took some time. So I knew kind of early on that this is something that uh, after going through challenge after challenge after challenge, I could definitely benefit from uh, an opportunity to just get straight in and have my, uh, experience in consulting as a reference for my kind of perspective and what I was trying to get and uh and so that really focused me and I didn't have to worry about recruiting uh or anything or anything like that so I was able to really get the most out of my MBA study the things that appealed to me and that I knew would help me become a better consultant so that was kind of the benefit of the MBA the actual rationale um was was kind of uh, uh there there were there were many reasons and and part of it uh part of it was I wanted a one year program and uh and for a lot of veterans out there uh who value their time and they don't want to be you know sucked into a uh, non income generating period of their life for too long the one year programs are great um the other part of it was that um, I uh, I had a network that extended into the uh, Oxford program uh, that included the uh, admiral that I was an aide for, and so that worked out well. And then the last part of it uh, probably was um, uh, that uh, there was there's a clear program within my company uh Carney to take high performers and send them to business school and bring them back fully funded okay. and wow. that in turn uh basically solidified the deal so it almost it felt very much like a very brief leave leave of absence for me
0: mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm.
1: less less than like a two full full-blown like two-year business school so I basically right. picked up and came back to the exact same office and honestly a lot of my engagements are anywhere from six months to 12 months uh anyway client engagements so it felt like i left one project went to business school came back right. started another right. project and uh for an entire year so with with that said every every veteran needs to you know think about this in their own way because business schools love veterans they love the leadership experience that they bring with them and the maturity that they bring with them and uh and 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 so so veterans will always have an edge getting getting into the top tier mba programs but i think that uh the the challenge doesn't stop once you're in the mba program and i saw a lot of veterans Struggle. Uh, the ones that I talked to who went through like Stanford, Berkeley, Haas, HBS, uh, Virginia, Darden, uh, they they found that the whole recruiting process was very difficult because they're competing shoulder to shoulder with people who have worked in uh, intern who have interned or worked with some of the top financial service firms, management consultancies and the like and they're just as equally uh not equipped to uh shape their experiences and uh and uh kind of their capabilities in a way mm-hmm. that our recruiters understand so the the guys who are veterans at oxford were you know We're we're struggling, actually, to communicate and to to speak with corporate recruiters uh, that came to that school because there's just not an element on the career service side that can help them uh, adapt their resumes and do kind of all the heavy lifting for them. Great.
0: I think I think that's it. And, and I well, your your experience is unique. But I in that the, your your company allowed that one year leave of absence. That, that's a little unique, generally speaking. But I think the interesting thing, one of the interesting things you said just now is the last thing, which was, you know, regardless of your education, a lot of these uh, opportunities are still ill-equipped, to use your word, to help people communicate effectively as they're trying to kind of launch into new endeavors. You had the fortune of like going there and like coming back to Carney and it was all good. And so uh that isn't that is very interesting perspective. I, I, I've i had a conversation with someone recently who got their MBA and went into a role that they more than likely would have gone into out of the military. And uh and he and I were discussing and he he kind of said, you know, I'm glad I got the MBA. Of course, I mean once you get the MBA, I mean of course you're gonna be glad but but he felt like he basically was facing the exact same problem after his MBA program, which was, I still got to find a job. I still got to communicate my background. I still got to be effective. The MBA is is nice to have because it can help me communicate ideas differently and more effectively, but, but I still got to have a network. I still got to set up interviews. I still got to say the right things. It's, there's still a career search involved, and I think that's one of the challenges with – A full-time mba yours obviously was not a full-time mba program but i do think that's one of the challenges with one of one of the challenges with the full mba program
1: well the the oxford program was a full-time mba program it's just a one-year instead of a two-year but um right uh, i I was the only uh american uh veteran there uh Uh so I, i was kind of like a unique case but i did have a a friend who is a British special, special forces guy. And, uh, uh, just kind of, uh, (laughs) listening to him interview and listening to him kind of do practice interviews and work, work through things. Uh, um, the entire Cameron Brooks experience kind of kicked in. And I was like, no, you gotta, you know, you gotta use your, uh, you your general store analogies and you gotta right, right you gotta do this and that um and so um i i i think i think every every program is different and every career service sure. team is uh is is definitely different but the benefit sure. of m b a is a very unique degree like if you if you go into an m b a program now the things that you're gonna learn about are completely different than what you're going to learn about five or ten years from now. For example, uh, I, I took a tutorial on cryptocurrencies, and I'm pretty sure that was not around like five years ago or right. ten years ago. MBA program. Right, so right. it's kind of an evolving, evolving degree, and uh, to and and the programs have to evolve in order to com- compete and to remain relevant however uh I don't I think that you can get a whole lot of return on investment if you go in there with a very narrow scope of specifically what you're trying to get out of the experience, and mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're gonna do if you're kind of coming in as an outsider, then it's a great experience, but you're equally likely to kind of spread yourself then across everything that you're interested in. And uh, end up struggling with the recruiting Mm. process and having to kind of Mm. take the same opportunities that are available. And if you're going to do that, then, you know, why not do the Cameron Brooks MBA, uh, which I I guess is, you know, going through the entire reading program and learning a lot about the uh, improvement uh, initiatives and kind of leadership books and things like that. Sure, uh, where you're able to speak knowledgeably about business, but you actually, you know, semester of accounting and finance and things like that. Sure,
0: right, right. Okay, um, we are. I'm gonna land the plane if that's all right, Hunter. We're running up against the clock, and uh, and and I love, I love you know, you and I haven't chatted. I I guess we probably haven't. I mean, we've been going back and forth on email for the last couple of months, but we really haven't really chatted since, uh, since you made your transition. And so just hearing you and listening to you, um, it's just so impressive. You're obviously very successful in what you're doing and you'll continue to be successful. I'm excited to watch you. I believe Carney is set up to come to a conference very quickly. So why don't you hop on that train and come back and hire some other JMOs? Why don't you be a part of that or something? But anyway, uh, it's very great to hear you. It's excellent to hear your experience. Thank you for carving out 45 minutes for us today to really kind of dig into some topics. But I know JMOs, A lot of que- every question that I ask, every question that's a question from JMOs and what they're looking at. So I do appreciate your time, energy and effort today, my friend.
1: Absolutely. I'm glad that we could have this touch point, Pete.